Welcome to Disco Coolia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Disco Coolia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Disco Coolia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Mandatory multiplication table test, improved number sense, TikTok and Disco Coolia, brain game, and Disco Coolia Treatment. This is our podcast for week 22 in 2022. And we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Disco Coolia Services, to help us make sense of the links for this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Well, as always, thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, as always, we have some nice links and we want to share that with our listeners and, and get your views on it. The first one is about a mandatory multiplication table test. That seems to be a novel thing. Well, yes and no, maybe. This is actually uh, not here in the US, but at, in the UK. Okay. And uh, as you know, we have here in the US our mandatory state uh, test, uh, but that does not always have all the multiplication tables. And now the UK, uh, they already have tests for numeracy, literacy, communication, and language, but now they add a specific test for... Um, multiplication tables and they do that as a reaction because they saw that it was um, not really um, learned as um, as thorough as they had hoped with right. their students so right. okay. uh, then they hope that this kind of extra push um, will um, result in better, better. Uh, learning right. of the multiplication tables because it is obviously important now, actually, I feel that when you do these tests, it's kind of an early screening for dyscalculia because those kids who keep failing might uh, need extra help and there might be something else. At um, least it's a sign for further diagnostics. Exactly. So yeah. it is like with early every warning. test, uh, what do you do with the results? Okay. And there are other and better ways to scan for dyscalculia, of course, but... Looking at how students do on multiplication tables uh, is not a bad start. And, um, well, actually, that happened in second and third grade, so it would have been better to know it before. But if it's not um, picked up yet, this could be an extra way where uh, the kids can um, can be picked up. And, and it certainly highlights extra attention. Good, good. Sounds good. Sounds good. They're, they're a step ahead of us uh, in the old world uh, if it comes to this coquillion. Now, the uh, the next link is about improving number sense. Uh, that seems easier said than done, right? Yes, but there are definitely um, positive influences where you can, can help those kids. So it's, and here this link is a great way about actually how you can improve number sense in children. Now, and I don't want to go into all the details because that would make the podcast a little bit boring. So please uh, take the the effort and click on the link. Um, But let me only get the main points out here. It is nothing new, really, but it is very good that it has been underpinned by research. So, What are the suggestions? Give students concrete experience with numbers along with the more abstract lessons. And actually, I would say 
before the abstract lessons. Right. Then teach the skills until they master them, instead of just uh, walking over it and, and start the next chapter before the kids have, have mastered it. And then uh, teach them to talk about math, write about math. It's more closer to their uh, life if they can also do that. And they also need to understand the words relating to math and use them, both verbally and in writing. Then have conversations with them about uh, math using those new terms. So there's a lot of emphasis on the correct uh, vocabulary here. All really good things. Um, and it shouldn't be too hard to implement, I feel. Now, also, parents, teachers, and tutors can do all these things, and they should work collectively to give the child that, that great preparation that really makes a difference. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, those are easy, easy to implement uh, um, uh, suggestions. The next link is about Discoculia on TikTok. Is that a thing? Well, yes, apparently. More and more contributors are actually now posting on TikTok. And we also have an account for the Discoculé headlines. Yeah, that's right. Although I have to admit, we have not posted uh, much yet. And we need to kind of find our TikTok voice. Right. right. But yes, the link in the posting gives access to some contributors who like to post about Discoculia. And, and some of them even in, in French, if oh, you can okay. read French. So I guess it is a platform that, uh, because it's very popular with the youth, very, that could be very useful to bring awareness about Discoculia. And uh, I actually feel um, it should be part... We should also be part of it. We, we just need to step up our, our efforts here. I'll put it on my to-do list, Dr. Schroeder. I'll put <laughs> it on my to-do list, which is totally empty today. Absolutely. Now, the next link is about brain game. What can we learn there? Yeah, this is a student from Dundee. And uh, has developed a great game, she actually, that you can play in the classroom and that teaches children about uh, neurodiversity. So it focuses on autism, ADHD, dyslexia, dyscalculia, um, neurological tick uh, disorder, okay. and um, sensory processing disorder. And then you have epilepsia and dyspraxia. So the players compete against one another, answering questions about those neurodiverse conditions for uh, a chance to move their counter ahead on a colorful board. So it's a really a board game um, where they learn other things. That's um, nice, yeah. yes. Uh, it's an educational, educational board game. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's obviously a lot of math-related educational board games, but there are also uh, social, uh, social interaction uh, and other board games. So it was um, designed... As part of her final year studies at Dundee University's Duncan of Jordan Stone's College of Art and Design. So wonderful that she chose this topic, yeah, actually. Um, but it's close to her heart because she herself was diagnosed with a mild case of a uh, neurological tick disorder at a young uh, age. And she says about it, at primary school, children are very open and accepting of uh, differences. 
But until they reach secondary school or, or middle school and enter their early years of adolescence, that they start to become really more influenced by external factors, such as parents, who might have outdated views on, on neurodiversity. Um, also, there is a lot of uneducated social media uh, going around. Uh, not all influencers have a good um, take on what's going on. And maybe older siblings or peers that can make offensive uh, jokes about differences, and that, that is harmful. Now, uh, what they say here is that these factors can lead to bullying, which, sadly, and I mean people I've spoken to, um, have really experienced it, which, which can really um, affect them on in the long run. So, it's important. Basically, it's a great tool, and... We hope we can get the materials so we can bring it uh, this awareness game to some of the schools we work with. I, yeah, I would be, be happy to do that. That would be a great idea. That would be a great idea. It already brings us to the last uh, link for this week. And it's probably the easiest one, right? It is about dyscalculia treatment. How about that? <laughs> well, that's I, what I you would, do, right? That's what we do, yes, <laughs> for, the, for the last uh, 10 plus years. Yes. Um, I won't say it's always easy. Well, actually, this comes from uh, LDExplained.org. And they have a page dedicated to recommended dyscalculia treatment. So they make the point that dyscalculia is not something you grow out of. And we totally agree. But something where there are recommended approaches that can really be uh, helpful. Now, unfortunately, uh, those approaches are not widely known yet. So we definitely need to keep uh, working on raising awareness. And like they do here also, they emphasize the need for classroom accommodations and for parental support, which is often uh, a little bit more tricky to, to get that uh, right. in order. Now, uh, then they go on about the multisensory approaches, which is absolutely uh, the way to go and slowing down the pace so you can work in the pace of the student and that he does he or she doesn't feel overwhelmed or rushed, stressed right. or rushed and mm -hmm. that obviously is is well, not helping yeah. so although this website uh, started as a private initiative the lens foundation has now taken over the maintenance of it oh, that's so nice. well done yes and they have as a goal to become the single source uh, of information for parents now. <laughs> That's a lofty, uh, lofty, lofty goal. Lofty goal, but uh, it is, it's, uh, it's a good source. It's a good source. Okay, well, thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, for stepping in and sharing your insights. We hope to see you back next week. Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services, she is on a quest to help all the children with Discoculia and uh, she cannot do that uh, alone. So therefore, she has developed her online Discoculia tutor training. And if you would uh, do that training, then you can become part of the uh, of the tribe of Discoculia tutors and help the children. So all the information is on DiscoculiaTutorTraining.org. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from DiscoculiaHeadlines.com. 
You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.